BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This election, Chicago voters are casting a ballot on much more than the president of the United States. Some of the races we will be voting on include the Cook County state's attorney, over 60 judges, our water reclamation district commissioners, and changes to our taxes. With all of these races, candidates, and issues, casting an informed ballot can seem like a challenge. But Chicago Votes, a nonpartisan organization, is here to provide you with information on the candidates and issues on the ballot. Their 2020 voter guide is available digitally at chicagovotes.com and chicagoreader.com. Pull it up on your laptop, take it with you into the voting booth on your phone, and feel confident in knowing who and what you were voting for. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, a rap song would be Ben Jarofsky's song of the day. We have a song of the day request from Frank, and we can turn that into a rap song. What do you think about that, Ben? Well, actually, it's funny you should mention that. Uh, there's a rap theme. Oh. A rap theme to my opening remarks. Oh. Ooh, that's called foreshadowing. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. So I'll do my best with this song from Frank. <clears throat> Hold on. Water. Oh, oh, oh. You have come such a long way in this podcast Ooh. hosting game. You know that? What a foreshadow. All right. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, October 30th. It's just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank the following unions for sponsoring this podcast. Unions like the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, their sponsors, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Thanks, unions. Today's Ben Jarofsky show is also brought to you in part by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of labor. Ben, your song of the day, which will be a rap remix, <laughs> is Monster Mash by Bobby Pickett in honor oh, of Halloween. Wow. It was a monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. And then he goes, I saw, who did he see? The Wolfman. And I saw the mummy. So now I'll do it as a rap song. It was the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. Now it's the record. (laughs) Once again, you've come such a long way in the podcast hosting game. Uh, What can I say? (laughs) The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, October 30th, and live from my apartment in his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Ramana Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor, Ramana Hussein. And now your host... Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Good News Friday. And here's why. With just a few days left to go until Election Day showdown, I'm feeling good news. Yeah, you know, even if the news isn't so good, what with the COVID cases rising everywhere, I just want to feel some good news, D. So here we go. 
Allow me to offer up some good news on the racial front. Yes, it's been a rough summer on that score. White people in arms about black protesters taking to the street to do decry cops killing black people. Many white people think there's just something inherently wrong with the phrase black lives matter. They think it should be all lives matter, even though it's mostly black lives that are out there getting shot by the police. But now some hope. Oh, I'm going to pause to let the brown line pass before I give you the hope. Here it comes. Our third third co-host of the program, the brown line. I just heard it coming and go, you know what? Let's let the brown line pass. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, some hope in the form of rappers Ice Cube and 50 Cent and Lil Wayne having signed on with Donnie. Yes, they're feeling their inner magna. Well, a little wishy-washy when the blowback comes, but they're inching toward endorsing him. 50, sort, 50 cents sort of endorsed him, then he pulled back. Ice Cube said it wasn't really endorsement, it just came off that way. Have you ever noticed when it comes to like rapping, rappers just tell it like it is, let the chips fall where they may. But when it comes to endorsing Trump and they get some blowback, they get all lawyer-like, they find their inner NPR. <laughs> it's a very nuanced thing, my attitude toward Trump. Ice Cube's semi-endorsement is the one that catches my attention. Ice Cube says he was very impressed with Trump's platinum plan. That's the plan Trump availed a few weeks ago to help deal with the racial inequities that have plagued our country for so many years. I'm proud to say, D, that I did my research and I read the platinum plan. I may be the only podcaster in Chicago who's actually read the platinum plan. I believe I may be the only person in the following sentence who's read the Platinum Plan. Ice Cube, Lil Wayne, 50 Cents, and Ben went to the drugstore. Yep, I think I'm the only one in that sentence who's actually read the Platinum Plan. And just so you know, it's 50 Cent, no S at the end, just 50 Cent. Well, you know, actually now it's 20 Cent. He's very worried about his taxes. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard for me, I gotta say, to say, you're supposed to say 50. I just like, it's hard for me. And you're supposed to say cent, but it's hard right. for me, D. I'm just like, I'm like a 90-year-old white guy. Yes. It's 50 cent. Yes, no, you, Ben. You are a 90-year-old white guy. Uh, it's the, during, 50 cent. During uh, the Troy LaRavier interview, you were referencing uh, Lil Pump, and that's Lil, L-I-L, not Little. I had never even heard of Lil Pump until I discovered he endorsed Trump. I like Trump. I like the platinum. There's another guy. Did you read the platinum plan? Well, I read it, Lil Pump, okay? So let me just tell you a few things about the platinum plan. Among its platforms is a pledge to create great health care for black people without any specifics whatsoever. Just, we're gonna get you great health care. It's gonna be the greatest health care plan ever. Just trust me, okay? This pledge comes as Trump has Justice Department lawyers on your tax time, people, in court trying to get rid of Obamacare because they hate Obama. You figure they could just get rid of the Obama part of the care and keep the care, care. But nope, gotta get rid of it all. Then there's the pledge to prosecute the KKK and Antifa as terrorist organizations, as though they're even remotely the same as even there's any kind of equivalency at all. 
I mean, it's not like it's like Trump just can't promise to prosecute the Ku Klux Klan. He's got to throw Antifa in the mix. Now, I can see Ice Cube saying, well, it sounds reasonable to me. I mean, you've got one group that's lynching black people for 300 years and another group that's not even a group and has never done anything to black people. Hmm. I'm feeling very nuanced these days. So, okay, Donnie, if you're going to prosecute them both, fine with me. The funny thing is that MAGA now loves Ice Cube. They're defending him on Fox TV. Ice Cube came on the Chris Wallace show the other day to explain why he thinks Trump's platinum plan is such a great idea and how he's above politics and how he doesn't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. He's just going to support anyone who's good for the black community. You know, like someone who gets rid of Obamacare because it's got Obama's name in it is good for the black community. Chris Wallace is smiling and saying, oh, so interesting. Ice Cube is a controversial rapper, but he's clearly matured. And it's funny, but Chris Wallace doesn't mention at all one of the most popular songs Ice Cube ever wrote. And I'm talking about Fuck the Police. Sample lyrics, and I am not going to rap them to you. I'm just going to read them because I'm not Troy LaRavier, who if you want to listen to this, somebody rap, go back a couple days ago and listen to him. He did like three Ice Cube songs, remember? Listeners, you're welcome. Ben's not going to do that. Yes, I'm just going to read it. And here's some sample lyrics. And when I'm finished, it's going to be a bloodbath of cops dying in L.A., Yo, Dre, I got something to say. Fuck the police. Fuck the police. Fuck the police. Now, for the record, as I said, I'm an old white guy. And yes, I find the lyrics fuck the police a little unsettling. But as an old white guy, I'm also a liberal, an old white liberal. And I always try my best to understand where such lyrics come from, why he sings it, why the song's popular. But, you know, it's funny. I don't see any such attempt coming out of MAGA or Fox Oh, no. All summer long, while peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters took to the street to protest police brutality, Donnie Trump was on TV talking about rioters and looters and lawlessness and white people not being safe in the suburbs and how maybe it was time to take to the streets to defend our values. They got kids running up to Kenosha with guns to defend law and order. And how dare they say they want to defund the police. Yeah. Even put those two nutcases from St. Louis on national TV for the Republican convention. And anytime any Black Lives Matter activist says anything vaguely controversial about the police, MAGA sends out a message. I get them. I get their email messages. You wouldn't believe what a Black Lives protester in Chicago said about the police. You wouldn't believe what a Black Lives protester in Anaheim said about the police. But when it comes to Ice Cube playing footsie with Donnie, suddenly they forget all about the guy who literally wrote the song, Fuck the Police. Suddenly it's like Ice Cube is a man of reason, a man of peace. Troy LaRavie said it best on the show the other day. Republicans have no conscience. Republicans have no consistency. They have no principles. They just want to win so they can defund government by giving themselves even greater tax breaks. And that is why I'm so optimistic, ladies and gentlemen, because my guess is that the real reason wealthy rappers like Ice Cube and Lil Wayne and 50 50 Cent, thank you, Dennis. You're welcome. And Lil Pump. Lil, (laughs) L-I-L. 
Lil, Lil Pump. The real reason all these rich rappers like Trump so much is because he cut their taxes. So in this day and age of racial strife, it's good to know that for the super rich, there is no black, there is no white, there is only green. And I got mine and I wanna keep it. We got a great show today, everybody. Ramana Hussein is coming on. I'll tell you what, she's not all about green. She's about everybody working together. How about that? Ramana Hussein from the Chicago Sun-Times will be with us talking about all the great issues of the day, including she may have something to say about rappers for Trump D. I know Ramana, she's gonna weigh in on that one. But before we get to that, the young man from Alton, the man who was in the Ice Cube long before it was fashionable. It's true, it's true. The, the man that Ice Cube and Lil Wayne and Lil Pump proudly call their friend, the man they call Dr. Doobie with the news. Guys, Ice Cube's mom uh, cooked the breakfast with no hog. Ben has no idea what I'm talking about. Absolutely. But I do know one thing. What? Ice Cube uh, wrote a song called Fuck the Police and Chris Wallace did not mention that in the interview. We're putting the the cap on the Ben Jarofsky cursing now, okay? (laughs) My lord, you said it like five times. Hey, Uh, man, it's a song by your favorite rapper. What can I, you know? I never said he was my favorite. My favorite's DMX. Who's your favorite rapper? DMX. Oh, yeah, I saw a special about I wonder who DMX is endorsed in his uh, presidential election. Yeah, D, do a little digging and get back to me, okay? All right, I'll look into that. And uh, by the way, my name's Dennis. All right, I guess uh, you can call this Listener Appreciation Day on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Ben, we have some listener emails to read and some listener voicemails to play. So we'll be doing that a little later. But before we get to that, and of course, before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon for the fourth and final time this week, we need to try our best in convincing all of you listening right now to download this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews. Wish us luck. Here we go. Tomorrow, Sunday and Monday, a brand new Benny J bonus interview available at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download podcast. Here is this weekend's lineup starting with Saturday. He's become a regular here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. A lot of people like him. Professor and author David Ferris. Ben, we're going to be doing this after the show. What are you playing on uh, talking about well, with David? We're going to go uh, through many of the, uh, the, the key races uh, state by state in the Senate. Uh, get his thoughts, his predictions. We're going to talk about polling. Really interested in uh, the nature of polling. So many of my um, liberal friends are just so nervous uh, and so filled with anxiety uh, about the upcoming election because they just don't believe the polls, particularly after 2016. It's one of my favorite topics. Like, what was it about the polls in 2016 that were wrong, what were right? Uh, and uh, David Ferris has a lot of thoughts on this. And, uh, you know, also talk about uh, the efforts by the Republicans to suppress the vote. Is it working? I saw in Texas that already more people have voted uh, in this election, early, early votes, than all, who cast ballots in all of 2016. So I'm wondering, maybe that voter suppression uh, isn't working as well as the Republicans thought it would. Or maybe they were very, maybe those are Republicans coming out early. Uh, so uh, this just just some of the topics, and we'll get a prediction out of Ferris. He's been saying all along that Joey B is going to win, so we'll see if he's uh, backing away from that one uh, when we interview him. 
All right, it's Professor David Ferris. Uh, by the way, Stephen on the live stream chat just jumped on. Uh, Stephen, what's up, man? He uh, slept late, apparently, and he was the <laughs> one that gave the uh, song request for Ben to rap uh, the song of the day. Uh, Stephen, he rapped it, and yes, it was weird. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> Wait, just rewind it, it a little bit. Yeah. The monster was a mush. It was a graveyard smash. See, I, met, I met Frank and Steven in the middle there. Uh, the song of the day was Monster Mash. And uh, Steven wanted a rap song, so I had Ben rap the Monster Mash. Boy, uh, it was funky. Very, very good. Very good. I'm trying, listeners, all right? I am trying, all right? Uh, so Saturday, yes, David Ferris. That'll be available at 5 a.m. on Saturday. On to our Sunday interview. Susan Klonsky. Uh, we recorded this yesterday. Uh, this lady knows quite a bit. Oh, yeah, that was a blast. It was a lot of fun uh, interviewing Susan Klonsky. A little nerve-wracking at the start. Uh, let's go behind the scenes of the Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, we were we do our interviews through Google Meet since the, uh, the pandemic. I'm in the attic. Dennis is in his home. So, of course, uh, there's no more studio. We had a little technical difficulties at first, uh, but I want to give a shout out to Mike Klonsky, uh, Sue's husband, apparently. Uh, he may be in his 70s, but at heart, he's a millennial. What he up, Mike? Figure out how to use the computer. What you do is you take this wire and you put it there and then you pull this here and then it worked. And um, so great interview with Susan Klonsky. Susan uh, was an anti-war activist back in the day. And you may know her as the mother of Joanna Klonsky, or maybe recognize the last name. Anyway, um, uh, and she was uh, analyzing Chicago 7, one of my uh, obsessions, the movie by Aaron Sorkin. We talked about the anti-war movement. Uh, we talked about uh, just the way in which Aaron Sorkin tried to use that movie to make a theme that was relevant for today. And then we got into a little Borat. Who knew that Susan Kolonsky was such a huge fan, very knowledgeable about Borat. So a lot of fun, a lot of talk about uh, anti-war activism then and now with uh, Susan Kolonsky. A lot of fun, that interview. All right. That'll be available. It's on Sunday by 5 a.m. And finally, on Monday, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen fans, get ready. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mick Dumpke and Mark Bazer will be uh, talking with Ben, and they will be talking all things Bruce Springsteen. How the hell did this come about, Ben Jarofsky? I don't know. <laughs> well, I know. you got to know something. Uh, Mick Dumpke, uh, my former partner in crime at The Reader for many years and at uh, First Tuesday, huge Bruce Springsteen fan. And so when Bruce Springsteen uh, dropped his latest record, uh, Mix is like, hey, why don't we do a show? And then it turns out that Mark Bazer comes on this uh, show uh, from time to time. It was on about a month or so ago, the host of the interview show. He's a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. So I said, you know what? Every now and then we just geek out on stuff. So it's the day before the election. Everyone's freaking out. I don't know how many Bruce Springsteen fans there are out there, but let's get two Bruce Springsteen fans, two geeks uh, around a microphone and see what happens. Uh, I'm not as big a fan of Bruce Springsteen as these two gentlemen. Uh, Dennis, I must confess, they, they exceed me tremendously. But we're going to have trivia contest. And we're going to give oh, away my. a blue Mustang to the winner. We're not doing that. 
We have nothing to give away. Uh, Dennis will uh, chime in every now and then with an appreciation for Jimmy Buffett. Uh, see where that goes in the conversation. Yeah, and, I've uh, lived in the city of Chicago for damn near a decade now. And one thing I learned maybe like a year and a half in, boy, people up here love Bruce Springsteen. My goodness. Yes. I, um, <laughs> I, I was cleaning out garages uh, with someone there for a while just for some extra cash. And we did two of them in one day, both had just Bruce Springsteen records everywhere. Like, okay, this upstate, they love Bruce Springsteen. I don't get it personally, but okay, cool. Interesting contrast. I'm just thinking about it. Ice Cube and Bruce Springsteen. Well, Bruce Springsteen's uh, considerably older than Ice uh, Cube, but Bruce Springsteen is very strong uh, in his uh, uh, opposition to Donald Trump, just came out with a message. I don't know, we're going to play it when we do the interview explaining why it's bad for America that Donald Trump is our president. Uh, whereas, you know, Ice Cube is, um, you know, he's more nuanced, right? D, isn't that the word? Nuanced? It's very NPR nerd. It's nuanced. Uh, so, anyway. Very uh, nuanced. Yes. Very nuanced. You know, you have to understand it's very a nuanced thing. I love it, man. Rappers tell it like it is when they rap, but when it comes to Trump, well, you gotta understand it's a it's a nuanced thing, very nuanced. Anyway, um, everybody's a lawyer. You ever notice that day? Everybody's a lawyer. Well, you know, on the one hand, this, on the other hand, that. Yeah, and everybody's a lawyer when they get in trouble. Uh, anyway, so um, yes. Mark Bazer and Mick Dunkey will just let their geek flag fly uh, with their love for Bruce Springsteen. That should be a lot of fun. Yes, everybody. Each of these interviews will be available at 5 a.m. Saturday, David Ferris, Sunday, Susan Klonsky, and Monday, Bruce Springsteen. More than you can handle, maybe, with Mark Bazer and <laughs> Mick Dunkey. They're down, uh, available to both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. All right. By the way, Dennis, before you go further, I have to say this. Okay. I, I haven't told you. We didn't do, I didn't even tell you this in pre-show planning. Uh, we did two interviews this week uh, in which guests burst into song. Usually I'm the only one who, quote-unquote, sings, because you can't really call what I do singing. But uh, Troy LaRavier, uh, he, I don't know how many songs he sampled in that interview. It was amazing, his ability to riff lyrics from, from hip-hop songs from 20 years ago. And then uh, uh, Keith Kelleher all of a sudden started doing Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah, on, yeah. Remember on Wednesday Absolutely. he started doing Bob? Uh, and um, so... Uh, Troy and I were talking after the show that we're going to dedicate a whole show to his favorite uh, hip hop song. The guy, which would be really funny. Uh, it'll his be top five rap artists or rap groups. That's yeah, remember, I asked him. He couldn't. He couldn't take the challenge. He goes, "That's too much." It's just uh, who was number one? No, he did say the greatest of all time. Public Enemy. There you go. Good. Oh, he's good. Anyway, so I'm looking forward to that one. Hey, Ben, talking about something he knows nothing about. <laughs> Yeah, and I know we're sounding like a bunch of interview salesmen here, but uh, you should check out our interview with Keith Kelleher as well, uh, formerly the president of SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana. Does a great job of breaking down uh, the fair tax and the Phyllis commercial and why you should vote yes on the fair tax. Uh, fantastic interview with Keith Kelleher. I believe it was dropped on Wednesday, so go check that out. Both Chicago Sun-Times, Chicago Reader websites, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. All right. We'd like to thank everyone who has reached out to us recently. By the way, listeners who haven't reached out, do it. 
don't be shy. You could do the same. Benny J Show at gmail.com. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voicemail, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. Tell us what's on your mind, and please leave your name and where you're from. So uh, we have some listener emails here, Ben. I forwarded a couple of these to you. I figured we'd just take some time to read them today, and you can okay. respond. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right, great. Uh, First up, it's Alan's email. Alan always reaches out to us. Alan sent us, uh, he always sends us like funny pictures or like jokes and stuff like that. Uh, Alan recently sent us a bunch of pictures that he found on the internet. These are pictures of uh, funny anti-Trump protest signs. Uh, I went through and found one of them here. Uh, the funniest one I thought here. Um, these are the ingredients for the Trump sandwich. Did you see this one, Ben? The Trump sandwich? No, I didn't see this uh, particular email at all. All right. all right. Well, here are the uh, ingredients for the Trump sandwich, according to this protest sign sent to us by Alan. The Trump sandwich, white bread, full, full of bologna with Russian dressing and a small pickle. I like it. I like the small pickle. Good touch. Good touch. Small. It's not small. It's very big. I got the biggest pickle. My pickle's bigger than Joe Biden's pickle. Hey, thanks, that's Alan. Good. That was nice. Yeah, that's good. Keep Russian reaching. dressing. I like that a lot. That's good. Dude. Full of bologna. Small pickle. Yeah. All right. Up next, it's listener Joan. What's up, Joan? She has been sending us emails lately. Uh, she wanted you to know, Ben, yes. that she loved your discussion with Sergio Mims on the Chicago 7, and she told Sergio's anecdote on her blog. Which anecdote? There were so many, I can't remember which anecdote. I, give, I appreciate the shout out. And that was, by the way, go check that one out. Sergio and me riffing on Chicago 7. Uh, and uh, then we did the Borat thing. I don't know what the, uh, uh, I don't know what the anecdote was. Do you remember the anecdote? No, I, I do not recall what the anecdote was, but boy, Joan really liked it. And her blog spot, uh, you can find her at blog spot here. Uh, it's www.joan chandler c-h-a-n-d-l-e-r today t-o-d-a-y obviously why did i spell that out dot blogspot dot com so ben maybe you can check that out i'm sometime gonna ch- and check it out see what the anecdote is yeah find out the anecdote joan also has a netflix suggestion for you ben uh it's called the queen's gambit and she said, I think you'd really enjoy this series, which is number one on Netflix. And her son, William Horberg, is the producer. Whoa, Joan, your son's big time. Yeah, uh, I, I would have this to say. I actually saw that uh, email, D, and I, I sent uh, Joan an email back. I already intended to watch The Queen's Game. It's about a uh, young woman who plays chess. I've been meaning to watch it. Last night I watched a whole, well, I'll get into what I watched last night. But anyway, I've been meaning to watch it. I did not know her son uh, was the uh, producer. Uh, so that gives me even uh, more of an incentive to watch it. But I definitely plan to watch it. it sounds really great. I love, you know, you know, D, for a guy who was so bad at chess, and I was bad at chess, I love chess movies, like Searching for Bobby Fischer. Yeah. I love the chess movies, like they get to the heads. There's the chess other players. chess movies? I thought that was like the only one. No, there's like about three or four uh, chess movies. I just can't remember at this very moment their names, but I can see the images hmm. in my mind. Uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer is the only one I can remember the name. It's about the kid genius whose parents don't know quite what to do with him because he's so good at chess. Uh, but there's a couple other chess movies that I recall. Um, 
and uh, that I just see I see the characters. Anyway, I, I'm a fan of chess movies, so I tend to watch uh, Queen's Gambit and come back with a review. In fact, may require Romana to watch it. Uh-oh. So we'll have a discussion on that one. Um, coming up in a future segment of Romana's recommendation. Joan, so, if you're yeah. driving right now listening to this, hang on to the wheel. I know you're excited. Just hang tight. Uh, no, it's great that her son is the producer of that. Yeah, definitely going to check it out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Up next, it's G-Man. G-Man in Uptown. This guy reaches out to us quite a bit. It's like he uh, sends us texts via email. It's kind of weird. But G-Man says, little boy man, little hands, little brain, <laughs> etc." will be a little of nothing after november 3rd vote 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 i'm with him on all that every single thing he said are we allowed to like make endorsements on this show nah, i'm like, sure whatever I, yeah i guess <laughs> dude i'm in my apartment and you're in your attic i think yeah whatever yeah you know you're right like are we gonna be allowed to play bruce Priesting songs in this interview i'll play them let's see yeah, what happens you know you never know us. until you try yeah definitely ice cube after today's show and sue us the letter would come in. It was cease and desist from Ice Cube's attorney. But I got a feeling Bruce will let it slide, particularly when he hears these two geeks, geeksters going nuts over him. You know what I mean? But wouldn't that be ironic if he sues us? Yeah. <laughs> he, like, all they did was praise you, Bruce. No, you know, I don't worship care. you. I don't care. <laughs> hey, it's in with my theme. There is no black. There is no white when you're really rich. Only green. Give me mine, mine, mine. Come on, Bruce. Let us play a song. Just, All right, we'll play so. a snippet. Ten seconds. That's it. All right, well, somehow we've gotten to the point of calling Bruce Springsteen out for things. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Bruce, what's your deal, man? He didn't do anything. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, hold on. Phone's ringing. Hey, Pat, it's Bruce. Oh, that's what are you good. getting me grief for? Huh? I didn't do anything. All right. Ice so- Cube was right at what he said about you. <laughs> So thanks, G-Man, for reaching out. Keep reaching out. We really appreciate it. And finally, on to our dear friend, Patrick. Patrick has sent us some emails. Uh, One of them was, uh, hey, are you guys reading my emails? What's going on here? (laughs) Sorry, Patrick. Been a little busy. Not that great at responding to these. All right. uh, Pat Rod says, uh, what up, guys? It's your old buddy, Pat Rod, with a political song for the Times and the Ben Jarofsky Show. Yes, he made a song for us uh it's not as benny j certified as mike's songs but i promise it's got bite my buddy benjamin and i are in a band called us us and the song is called delegates october surprise he says that he certifies uh that he is the owner of the song and its lyrics and the ben Jarofsky show has his permission to play it as we see fit thank god don't sue us please <laughs> what if it's a ruse what if he's tricking okay. us he plays the song this you know we hear ice cube hey, he's got the same lawyer ice cube right, we just did this with bruce springsteen assuming the worst out of people Stop it. He's sneaking something by us. Pat, he figures, Dennis is rich. I'll sue him and make a fortune. Yeah. Okay. Pat Rod's a good guy. He wouldn't do that. Uh, also, he wants to uh, send us some Ben Jarofsky show t-shirts. So that would be mm. really cool. Uh, that would be really cool. Yeah, the listeners make our t-shirts. <laughs> hey, man, someone's got to make them. You know what I'm saying? Pat Rod said his band doesn't have a website yet because they're still in the process of recording these songs. But he can promise us that he's going to have more material to come and if we want he will absolutely share them with the show pat rod 
as always, you're awesome. Uh, I, we'd always see him at the first Tuesday show. Haven't seen you in a while. Miss you, dude. Yeah, and uh, I have your song loaded up, and we're going to play it during the break. How about that? Sound good, Ben? Yeah, that sounds really good. Hold on, D. I got a phone call. Oh. Hi, Ben. It's Phyllis. Stop being yeah, mean to Ice Cube. I like Ice Cube, okay? Wow, man. I didn't realize Ice Cube's really big with MAGA, D. Phyllis has waited. She loves Ice Cube. And she loves that song about the hog that you were talking about. I really love that song. Okay, fellas. All right, fellas. Got to go. I'm in the middle of a show. All right. For, you. For Whoa, the, Phyllis. For those who may be new to the program, that's our reoccurring character, Phyllis, voiced by Ben Jarofsky. Phyllis is the sweet old lady who is delivering, uh, some would say, false information in the recent Say No to the Fair Tax Act. Springfield politicians, they promise they won't tax retirement income if their constitutional amendment passes. Yeah, there you go. That's Philly. All right, D. She's now a big Ice Cube fan who and loves Lil Wayne. His, Did you know that? His mom cooked the breakfast with no hog. <laughs> yeah, that no hog thing that she loves. She's got a t-shirt that goes, no hog for breakfast. The Lakers beat the Supersonics. <laughs> it's a quote from this, one of his songs. Wow, you know, I am impressed. I really am impressed. I could not quote one uh, Ice Cube song except for the one that I quoted already, which is really not that hard to quote. I push rhymes like weight. It's another one. All right. All right. We have two. You know what? I got to give you credit. You're rapping Ice Cube in a Phyllis voice. Yeah, come on. That is really talented. I'm going to do Phyllis doing this one. And when I'm finished, it's going to be a bloodbath of cops dying in L.A. That's Phyllis doing fuck the police. Oh, okay, yeah, just don't have Phyllis say the F word, please. She's a sweet old lady. <laughs> no, we, we don't, don't want to do yeah, dirty her up now. All right. Oh, yeah. uh, we have... as, if, as if endorsing the fair tax based on a lie is worse than anything Ice Cube has ever done. See, no I knew kidding. there were listeners out there who weren't aware of Phyllis. Jay Marie just weighed in. She went, Phyllis? I've been gone too long. She uh, kind of stepped away from the show for a while. Yeah, that's what you've been missing, Jay Marie. Phyllis. <laughs> Phyllis. She randomly calls up. Yeah, talks to Ben. She calls up, and I like a sock puppet. Hey, hi, Ben. I love Dr. D. I love Jay Marie. Jay Marie. All right, fellas, calm down. Jay Marie, right. please keep listening. We love you. You're great. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, we have two voicemails to read or to listen to, uh, but mm. we're going to hear those after we do the news here. And we begin mm. with the Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot. Oh, what's she up to now? <laughs> what's, what's she up to now, okay? Today, the mayor was at the Office of Emergency Management and Communications at 9.45 a.m. to announce the preparedness and safety plans for the upcoming election. And thanks to the Chicago Sun-Times and Fran the Woman Spielman, we know what went down. Uh, the Spielman headline reads, Lightfoot unveils pre-election security plan says here aldermen and business leaders have accused mayor lori lightfoot of being caught flat-footed this summer when civil unrest triggered by the death of george floyd devolved into two devastating rounds of looting france words not fine okay i would say protesting the article said looting today lightfoot unveiled a 10-day preparedness and safety plan focused on election day but continuing all of next week here are a few details once again Thank you to Fran the Woman Spielman. Check out her latest episode of the Fran Spielman Show with 
Kim Fox. Yeah, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox. And she just had her 100th episode with Mayor Lori Lightfoot. But back to this article here. Uh, here are the details uh, laid out here for the 10-day preparedness and safety plan from Lori Lightfoot. Uh, first, the Chicago Police Department has canceled days off for all officers for Halloween and Election Day. Days off will be canceled during all of next week for, quote, select citywide teams. That apparently includes the 800 officers assigned to two citywide teams that police superintendent David Brown created three months ago. Up next, at least 60 and as many as 300 snow plows, salt spreader, and other heavy trucks will be, quote, strategically positioned to protect neighborhood commercial corridors and critical businesses in the event that civil unrest spreads beyond the downtown area. Lightfoot started using those, as she put it, quote, infrastructure assets after the second round of looting in early August spread from downtown River North and Lincoln Park into south and west side business strips. I'm going to read one more and Ben will get your thoughts here. Uh, the next thing says the Office of Emergency Management and Communications will activate its emergency operations center and open a first ever quote business operations center next week. Earlier this week, Lightfoot said she was hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst after a tumultuous election in the middle of a pandemic that has only exacerbated the nation's deep divisions. Lightfoot called voting, quote, sacred to our democracy and continued saying, quote, which is why we are deploying every last public health and public safety resource to ensure that right is protected for every single one of our city's residents. Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts. Wow. There's so much embedded in here. I could do, do a whole show about this. There's just so much assumptions embedded in this. Like, I'm just wondering, unmentioned in any of this is who will be doing the rioting? Like, somehow or other, the election on Tuesday, uh, the expectation will be triggering rioting. So who do they think will be rioting and why? You know, there's all these assumptions embedded in this. They're like, I, I'm, and I don't know an answer. I'm not the one implementing the plan, so I'm curious what's motivating the mayor and the chief of police. Like, who do they think is going to take to the streets to riot? And what will trigger them? I don't have an answer for that. I don't want to even speculate. I can't recall an election, I've been around a long time, D, in which a mayor implemented a strategy to prevent or protect against looting. I have lived through mayoral elections, presidential elections, gubernatorial elections. I can't recall. So who's going to do the rioting and what's going to trigger it? I think right now, it's this sense in the city of Chicago uh, that somehow or other, the all-powerful mayor was responsible for what went down this summer. And if you, uh, I, you know what? Uh, city So Real is about to drop. Steve James' documentary about politics in Chicago. And I uh, talked about this a lot. The first portion, most of the movie, there's a documentary about the 2019 mayoral election. And then as an epilogue, uh, he did about, I forget how long it was, about two hour long uh, documentary about what went down this summer. 
And I urge everybody uh, to, if, if you nothing else, watch the epilogue because it's, it's, it brings back a lot of potent memories. But somehow or other, the takeaway from what went down this summer is that there's this lawlessness in Chicago we have to protect ourselves from. It has nothing to do, of course, with issues like police brutality or the inequitable distribution of funds or closing mental health clinics or, or closing schools or having unfair, regressive forms of taxation that government is dependent on. You know, somehow or other has nothing to do with the fact that we can't pay our obligations because we're too chicken to tax the people who have the most to give. Just talking about that earlier, about Ice Cube and Lil Wayne and all the rappers who are joining forces with the Kenny G's of the world because they don't want to pay more taxes. No sense of like, like the notion that we're bonding together as a community so that those with the most to give are giving the most to help us deal with all these issues we're facing. No, I guess the only takeaway from this summer is we got to protect businesses and property from being from looters, which, yeah, duh. But why don't you think about like, what's at the heart of what's wrong? with our society right now. Oh no, that's too complicated and we don't want to pay taxes and we don't like government and I love the platinum plan and I'm Kenny G and I despise democratic plans of communal good. I, D, I'll tell you what, I, I'm just like, I guess that's the only lesson that they learned from this summer. I've not right. seen anybody move any, uh, political figure that I could think of in the city of Chicago moved toward dealing with the inequities at the heart of these summer's disturbances. But no, they've got the salt trucks, they got the dump trucks, I'm sure the bridges will come up. And I'm like, who's going to riot? Right. They're like, we're ready this time, but it's like, I like... They're kind of not great at forecasting uh, when, when this stuff happens. I remember the last time uh, there was stuff going on downtown, uh, Mayor Lightfoot was like with the cops, like breaking up beach parties. Remember that? Yes. Yes. It's like, oh. It comes when you guys aren't expecting it. Yeah. No, now they're really ready. Now they weren't ready this time. What, what do you expect to happen? You know? I don't know. I, 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 there's a lot, like I said, embedded in this, but you know what? I'm not the one to put it there. So I'll let Lori Lightfoot explain it uh, on her own time. All right. Moving on in recreational reefer news. When it comes to lotteries, Illinois' recreational <laughs> cannabis license lottery may be the suckiest one of them all. <laughs> the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and, yes, Tommy Two Joint Shuba. The headline reads... Pritzker's plan to offer second chance to losing pot shop applicants held up by court ruling. A downstate judge ruled that state officials must wait at least a week to rescore applications for the next round of recreational cannabis licenses, further complicating a process that's been mired in controversy. The temporary restraining order approved Wednesday by Sangamon County Judge Adam Giganti, probably butchered that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all good. G I G A N T I. Giganti. Stems. Uh, Giganti. <laughs> If you're coming here for correct uh, pronunciations, I mean, you found the wrong podcast. Uh, It stems from a lawsuit filed by three of the 21 companies that were initially included in a lottery to determine the winners of the 75 sought-after pot shop permits. The suit was filed thereafter. The Illinois Supreme Court declined to take on the case last week. Ben, I know you love riffing on this, so go ahead, buddy. you know... This is one of my favorite themes. We talk about it so much in the Ben Jarofsky show. We bring on guests, talk about it. By the way, Mary Mitchell, uh, sometimes columnist, wrote a, a good column yesterday, and I urge everybody to check it out. And I don't have it in front of me. The otherwise, I would quote her. She had this one great riff about uh, somehow or other when it came to legalizing reefer, all these white guys are making money. And that is basically what's going on. Like, we ended the war. Someone's got to tell Ice Cube about this. I think he'd be really outraged if he knew this, D. You know what I'm saying? And maybe Trump, too. He can address this in his platinum plan. How about that? Put something in there about, Donnie, I know you're really into uh, social, uh, eradicating social inequities. Here's one for you. For years and years and years, Donnie, now follow me on this one. Pay attention. For years and years and years, everybody smoke reefer, black people and white people. But guess what, Donnie? Mostly only black people went to jail for it. Now, I know you're just learning this for the first time. You're going to be outraged by this. But wait, we're not even done yet, Donnie. Just hold on. Be patient. Don't turn on Fox. Listen to what I'm saying. In Illinois, they legalized marijuana. And to eradicate these inequities, they had these uh, social equity licenses, giving people the right to sell reefer. And somehow or other, when the when all was said and done, and everybody applied to be in the lottery to get a license, it was all these white guys, rich white guys, who are in the lottery. Hi, here for my license, please. How many applications? <laughs> I made 40. <laughs> yeah, somehow or other, they made it so like, you can put in as many as you want. I don't know. I don't, Donnie, I know you're upset. And Ice Cube, I know you're upset too. I love to see the two of you. That synergy you got going these days. You know, you're working together on all these things. Let's all come together like the Beatles said. Come on, D. Come together. Ice Cube and Donnie Trump singing in the studio. Yeah. And Jared Kushner in the background. Over me. Yeah. So somehow or other, all these rich white guys are in the uh, application pool. And uh, so, yes, J.B. Pritzker is a little embarrassed. As the kids used to say, what did he, they go back in the day, uh, millennials would say, he's feeling a little salty. <laughs> and remember that D a little oh, yeah. salt. Oh, I was yeah. like that. Oh, I was like, Oh yeah, that's a good one. Millennials that in my bad. When did millennials who invented my bad, right? My bad. I love my bad. I was like, wait, what is that again? I remember the first term I, I heard someone say it was like a seventh grader. He goes, uh, he was a kid on my team. Hey coach, my bad. And he patted his chest. Go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Do that again. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it ever since. My bad. It's so funny. <laughs> Ripping off seven-year-old kids slogans. You know, seventh grader. Oh, like, seventh grader. It was the middle of a basketball game. Wait a minute. Hold on. This is why I was such a bad coach, folks. I should have been concentrating on the next play. I should have been diagram- diagramming our defensive schemes. But this kid goes, my bad. And Pat is chatting. I'm like, whoa, whoa. 
Let's just stop the play. What was that? Uh, my bad. You ever heard that? Oh my god! Who is this guy? Next thing you know, this you're in the huddle. Next thing you know, you're walking in the house with Pokemon cards. Honey, look at these things, man. <laughs> No, but I did come home. I go, honey, do you believe this? This is saying out there called my bad. But you got to pat your chest when you say it. My bad. Oh, uh, shout out. Shout out to Steven on the live stream chat. He says, hey, Ben's overlooking the fact that Trump hates black people. Yes, I'm not overlooking. trying to be ironic, but yeah, he does. I'm not the one overlooking it. It's Ice Cube. (laughs) Quick, tell Ice Cube. I'm getting on the phone right now. Ring, ring, ring. Oh, oh that's funny. Ice Cube's on. The phone's busy. He's probably talking to Phyllis. Hi, Ice Cube. I like you. Oh, and for clarification, uh, thank you, Jay Marie. She says, my bad is Gen X, not millennial speak. So I did not, you know, uh, I did not know that. The first time I ever heard it, Jay Marie, I want to say it was about 2005. So that means I had missed it. For 10 years, D. Where was I? God damn it, I'm always the last to know anything. Now, who would have thought that when you hit download or went to listen to the Ben Jarowski show today, you would have heard a five-minute rant on my bad. Huh? No, Where else are you going to find that? Wait, you didn't do it right, D. My bad. Oh. Sorry. You got to do the padding. Because he, he did something wrong in the basketball court, and he goes, my bad. And then, Whatever. Right in the middle of the diagramming of the whoa, what is that? Well, my bad here, but we're gonna move on with the news. Illinois. I can't remember where we were. Oh, I got reefer. Oh, this is Pritzker. My bad. I really screwed up that law. I'll change it. Good JB. Good JB. Moving on. Yeah, Illinois Governor JB Pritzker. Illinois is a state with a grand history of profound impact on our nation and our world. We've sent four transformative (laughs) presidents to the White House. We were the first state to ratify two of the most important amendments to the U.S. Constitution. (laughs) My God, this guy loves Illinois. Uh, Wait, tell me, who are the four again? I forgot. I know Reagan, Grant, Lincoln. I forget the fourth. Oh, well. Obama. Doesn't matter. All right. Who? Obama? I don't know. Uh, no, he's from Hawaii. All right. Uh, moving on. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Today, the governor was at the Hyatt Regency Chicago at 845 a.m. to talk about employment equity and opportunity in Chicago at the Employment Champions Breakfast. Well, that sounds delicious. Ben, what do you think they're serving at the Employment Champions Breakfast? Wait, is it a real breakfast or a virtual breakfast? I mean, that's a good... I mean, I mean a, it's, a virtual breakfast sounds awful. Awful. In which case, there's nothing. Yeah. Cereal. What did I have for breakfast? I had cereal. I put I put bananas on it. I'm got something. I'm really hungry. Because I had this... Like, most of those breakfasts, D, you have, like, the uh, scrambled eggs and, like, a couple sausages. You know, the little sausage things. Isn't that what they have? Yeah. And then, you know, I'm hungry now. Oh, God, am I hungry. I haven't had a scrambled egg in a long time mm, that's what but it's a virtual i, I mean i gotta assume with jb closing down restaurants right, that's what i'm saying right like i'm sitting here thinking more about this i just assumed everybody was hanging out you know just sitting far away from each other having breakfast but maybe it's a virtual breakfast which is just stupid uh, yeah i know a virtual breakfast uh help yourself to whatever's in your refrigerator okay <laughs> i'm gonna have some cheese and guacamole <laughs> Ah, what do you got there? Yogurt. Mmm, looks good. 
Dennis knows what's in my refrigerator. Yogurt, avocado, cheese. All right. So um, right now, uh, Governor Pritzker's at the Thompson Center preparing for his 2.30 COVID-19 update. Our pandemic nightmare continues. Governor Pritzker and the Illinois Department of Public Health are announcing COVID-19 resurgence mitigations. Uh, they're going to be implemented in Region 6, which is East Central Illinois, beginning at 12.01 a.m. Monday. Uh, let's see, November 2nd. The region has seen a seven-day rolling average test positivity rate of 8% or above for three consecutive days, which exceeds the threshold set for establishing mitigation measures under the state's Restore Illinois Resurgence Plan. Region 6 includes Iroquois, Ford, DeWitt, Pyatt, Champaign, Vermillion, Macon, Moultrie, Douglas, Edgar, Shelby, Coles, Cumberland, Clark, Fayette, Effingham, Jasper, Crawford, Clay County, home of DB, Darren Bailey, (laughs) Richland, and Lawrence Counties. And it looks here, uh, looks like more restaurants are going through with their plan to dine in defiance. 37 restaurants and bars in McHenry County alone filed suit Thursday against Governor J.B. Pritzker and health officials uh, trying to prevent enforcement of an order to shut down indoor service, which is meant to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. I am so all over the map of this one, D. I don't know which way to go. I woke up this morning feeling like really bad for the restaurants. Isn't that weird? Like just out of nowhere. Because, you know, I love restaurants. Yeah, just the fact that there, this is a whole industry that could go under because of this freaking pandemic. It's really scary. So I'm like, can't we like set up a system where you protect people, you limit access, as opposed to just shutting them down? Can't we figure this out? You know, and then, and then I had this other fear, which is really just just me. It's just I don't think anybody else cares about this. But like, I love libraries, and I've been going to the library since they, re- they closed the libraries. I was, I hate to share my innermost feelings with you guys, but I was like depressed over that. Couldn't go to my beloved libraries, check out books. But they open up the library, and you know, I'm back to reading all the trying to keep up with all the latest bestsellers, and. Uh, I just thought, like, oh, my God, that's probably next. They're going to close libraries. Start freaking out about that. And then I go, like, well, that's really selfless for me to be worried about what affects me if they close libraries. What about restaurants? So I started doing that one of my famous flip-flops, D. <laughs> I'm known for those. How does that sound right? again? So come on, JB. Can't you work out a deal? Like, can we find some middle ground here? I don't know. I, I, I just, like... I feel for the restaurants. I really do. I just, uh, we had Mike Sulon, the great interview that didn't happen. We're going to bring him back on. It was, but it was a fascinating interview because Mike Sula, reader, uh, restaurant reviewer, knows restaurants inside and out all over Chicago in the suburbs. And he was talking about the impact. The point he kept making is that the real danger is not so much what the people who run the restaurants uh, will give us in terms of COVID, but what we will give them. You know, in addition to uh, paying for the food and the tip, maybe we'll spread COVID to them. So I know there's no easy answers here, D, but I don't know. I woke up this morning, a famous flip-flop, like, oh, no, come on, JB. Come on. Can't we work out a deal? You know, can't we just figure out some way just to, 
like distancing protocols, limit the amount of people who are in a restaurant at any given time, just to allow restaurants breathing room until Joey B is elected and the, we have a Democratic Senate, we have some kind of sanity in Washington where they're actually you know, spending money for things other than what? $3 glasses of water at Trump Hotel. Did you hear about this, D? What part of the New York Times investigation? I haven't even got to this. No, this is the Washington Post, not the New York Times. They talk about how Trump uh, is taking advantage of his hotels and the fact that he's president and gets people to stay at the hotels. There was one kind of meeting or symposium that the government had at the Trump Hotel. They charged him $3 for a glass of water. Well, I listen, I love water as, next, as much as the next guy, as we all know, but $3? Just imagine if we were spending that money just helping people in America as opposed to putting it in Donnie Trump's pocket. So I'm hoping that we get some sanity, some rationality, people thinking in terms of like the common good with this out of this election, as opposed to worrying about rioting. Anyway, uh, that's what I was hoping for. But until we get there, I don't know. It's got to be some kind of compromise. Don't you think, D? Isn't there some kind of way of compromising this thing? You know, only time will tell, I guess. Uh, we're kind of hitting a gray area now when it comes to all this. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll be here Tuesday talking more about it and have more yeah. updates. Someone else calling Pritzker a douchebag or something. So, yeah. I, listen, uh, part, I'm not turning against JB because I really appreciate the pressure he's under. And I always point this out. I always contrast JB and Lori. Lori Lightfoot is beloved in the city of Chicago on the north side. They love her, love her, love her, no matter what she does, no matter what she says. Okay, JB is under fire throughout the state of Illinois. You know, and trying to do the right thing. So I'm not going to throw him under the bus and drive drive over, but I come on, JB, come on. You're fixing the thing, the reefer thing, like you're doing that. You realize we stumbled with that. That's an embarrassment. Come on, find some compromise here. All right, and finally here, before we uh, take a break and go to Ramana, the magic number is four. Yes, four days away until Election Day. And we have some major 2020 Illinois general election candidate endorsements to talk about. It's time for a 2020 Illinois general election candidate update. This is a 2020 Illinois general election candidate update. And it's actually more stumping than endorsing but a stump update just sounds weird. So first up, and maybe it's because, I don't know, he really likes ice cream. But boy, President Donald Trump also really likes Republican 14th Congressional District candidate Jim Oberweiss. We talked about... <laughs> What's so funny? Just the, the way you did the ice cream thing was very funny. It took a while for it to hit. And then it's like, that's funny. This guy's funny, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We talked about it last week. Donald Trump put Oberweiss over with a tweet <laughs> endorsing Lauren Underwood's Republican challenger. The tweet read. <laughs> Oberweiss will be a terrific congressman for Illinois, a successful businessman. He will create jobs lower taxes, <laughs> defend law and order, and protect your second amendment from the radical left. 
Jim has my complete and total endorsement. Uh, by the way, Ice Cube, I hope you were listening to that endorsement. Protect Second Amendment from the radical left. Defend law and order. That's your guy. That's your guy. That's my Bill Burman. That's your guy? Is that your guy? That's your guy? <laughs> he guy's a lunatic. That's a, a Bill Burr from Steve Jobs or Jobs, whatever you call it. That's your guy. That's your guy. <laughs> anyway, that's your guy, Ice Cube. Well, lucky Jim Oberweiss. The president took time out of his busy schedule to stump for Jim Oberweiss on Thursday during a tele town hall. Uh, I guess that's a town hall over the telephone, I guess, you know. And because these weirdos treat Donald Trump like he's the Beatles, organizers say the tele-town hall attracted some 7,000 listeners. Wow. Man, you're right. They love Donnie Trump and MAGA country. Ah, I love him! It is like the Beatles. Some MAGA hat lovers, they love Donnie. Some love Ivanka. You know, I got say, like some love George, some love Ringo, some love John, some love Paul. Hey, how about that D? I recited all four Beatles. Some love, I don't even know the press secretary, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I still love her. Why does he think that's going to help him? I mean, Overweiss already has MAGA's vote. I'm not quite sure I see the strategy here. You would think Oberweiss would try to find somebody. Hey, what's Ice Cube doing? There you go, Oberweiss. Get on that horn with Ice Cube. See if he'll endorse you. He loves Trump, right? Tell him, hey, I like the platinum plan too. Ice Cube, ice cream, huh? <laughs> we got a lot in common. You know, I hadn't thought. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. So there you go. That's what you need. So you need, uh, Oberweiss, you already got MAGA's vote. All right? So I don't really, it's like gilding the lily, as they say. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I never said gilding the lily, but that's like something people would say. That's like gilding the lily. I don't know. I was a kid in grammar school. What does that mean? Live streamers, (laughs) downloaders, let us know. Should Ben keep saying, what is it again? Gilding the lily. Gilding the lily. I, I don't know. I think you should bring it back. Uh, anyway, Oberweiss, look, far be it for me to give campaign advice to a Republican, but ah, you already got MAGA's vote. Got to worry about somebody else's vote. I go out, Lil Wayne, maybe go for Lil Wayne. Hmm? What's the other guy? Lil Pump. Uh, look at Lil the Pump's looking to make an endorsement. Lil Wayne, Lil Weiss. Am I right? <laughs> Ice cream, ice cube. Uh, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure that's really going to work. I help a lot, D, because he already had Maggie's vote. All right, on to our next stump update. See what I'm saying? Sounds weird. With less than a week to go, Democratic 13th Congressional District candidate Betsy Dirksen Londrigan got some last-minute help in her rematch against Republican incumbent Rodney Davis. And this help comes from vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris. Uh, Here comes uh, Kamala Harris with a hot tag. And here's the brand new one minute video from Kamala Harris herself telling the 13th Congressional District to vote for Betsy Dirksen Londrigan. Greetings, Illinois. It is Kamala Harris. Joe and I are so grateful for everything you are doing to support our campaign. And we hope you will work just as hard to elect Betsy Dirksen Londrigan as your next Congresswoman. 
Joe and I will need someone with her experience and her values to help us contain this pandemic and build back a better America. Betsy understands what's at stake when it comes to health care. After her son survived a life-threatening illness, she was left with a mountain of medical bills, which she was only able to pay because she had insurance. So when she says that she won't let Republicans take health care from people with pre-existing conditions, she means it, and it's personal. And she will fight for your family as hard as she has fought for her own. Now, this is going to be a close election. In 2018, Betsy came up just 2% short. So every single vote is going to matter. And that is why I am asking you to please make a plan to vote, make your voice heard in this election, and send Betsy to Congress. Thank you, Illinois. Wow. First of all, yeah, I love Kamala Harris. Everybody knows that. Remember, D, when I was drinking the Kamala Kool-Aid over the summer? Oh, yeah. yeah I was the only one. <laughs> the only one drinking the Kamala Kool-Aid. Then, of course, uh, Tulsi Gabbard kind of took her down a little bit in that second debate. But anyway, uh, yeah, I... Uh, that's it's that's what's going to take. It's going to take uh, a big turnout for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for uh, uh, Betsy Dursalani to pull that one off. It's going to take all those Dems showing up to vote for Joe Biden and looking for D's, you know, looking for anybody with D uh, next to their name. Vote for that person. You know what I mean? D. Oh, like you. Boom. Vote for that person. It may work uh, if uh, the Democrat, if the anti-Trump shows up. All right. We got Ramana Hussein here. Sorry, we're running a little, a little bit behind here. Uh, real quick. That was a 2020 Illinois general election candidate update. That was a 2020 Illinois general election candidate update. And people, don't go anywhere. Coming up after this short little break, Ramana Hussein will be joining us. It's another Ramana rundown. And hey, we're going to be playing the voicemails later, all right? After our interview. Don't go anywhere. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from my apartment in Ben's attic. This election, Chicago voters are casting a ballot on much more than the President of the United States. Some of the races we will be voting on include the Cook County State's Attorney, over 60 judges, our Water Reclamation District Commissioners, and changes to our taxes. With all of these races, candidates, and issues, casting an informed ballot can seem like a challenge, but... Chicago Votes, a nonpartisan organization, is here to provide you with information on the candidates and issues on the ballot. Their 2020 voter guide is available digitally at chicagovotes.com and chicagoreader.com. Pull it up on your laptop, take it with you into the voting booth on your phone, and feel confident in knowing who and what you are voting for. chicagovotes.com Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Every Friday, every Friday since uh, I've had a show, Ramada Hussein, superstar for the Chicago Sun-Times, editor, columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times, joins us to talk about all the news of the week. And I have a whole list of things I want to talk to uh, Ramana about. Uh, Kamala haters, Kim Fox haters, rappers for Trump's, uh, for Trump. Uh, how does Ramana decide who she votes for judge? And of course, her recommendations. But before we do that, uh, after we had our pre-show plan, uh, Ramana sent me a story from Huffington Post. Ramana had me laughing 
out loud and only you can do the deep dive and i did not know about this until you said so thank you for sending this to me here's the headline romana multiple right-wing figures pranked into thanking the devil for supporting trump man these maga hat wearers are so stupid uh (laughs) (laughs) so romana why don't you uh just help us out just take us from a to z on this story here well basically there's this uh comedian slash uh writer um, I think he's based in England, and he's done this before. So uh, is it Tommy Laren? He had done this prank to her before. And you know about Cameo, right? I'm sure your um, hip daughters probably told you about Cameo. And Cameo is basically this, um, uh, I don't know, it's like this platform where you can hire a celebrity or, you know, uh, well, it's not every single celebrity, but people who are, you know, looking to make an extra buck. These celebrities can yes. wish you like um, a happy birthday or greeting. So you can pay like, you know, it depends on how big the celebrity is. So you can pay from as little as like thirty five dollars to like a couple hundred dollars. I think there's some people who might be in the thousand level. And so you basically hire them and you give them a message and you, you know, ask them to send out, you know, your support or, you know, and you, and you give your, give them your name and, you know, they wish you, you know, so it's, it's a video message. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, this writer slash comedian about like maybe a month ago, he had uh, pranked um, Tommy Laren. And what, what's his name? The comedian? Um, the, I got him forgetting his name. Ali is uh, the first name. Um, Oscar. I think Oscar, I'm just, Oscar, I'm just yeah, screwing off the top of my head. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. You're probably right. Um, anyway, he, he, a lot of uh, South Asians were, um, you know, laughing about a month ago when he basically pranked Tommy Laren. And I think that's your pronouncer name, Tommy, right? It's not Tommy. But anyway, he pranked her by uh, getting her to say that, you know, be a wise owl and vote for Donald Trump. And she used the word um, Ulu in owl. It means owl in Hindi and Urdu. And in Indian culture, an owl is really stupid. So everybody was laughing about that. So I think the same, it's the same guy. He basically got about four or five right wingers to uh, do cameo um, cameos for him, and um, in Arabic, the devil is called Iblis. Um, he's also called Shaitan, which is like Satan. But anyway, and that's in Urdu as well. Anyway, he got them to uh, thank. Um, got them to send out a greeting to Iblis for supporting Donald Trump. So they were, (laughs) so they basically, you know, they weren't pronouncing it the way we would, but, um, you know, so this, 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 like, you know, it kind of made the internet a few days ago. My brother sent it over to us and other people are sharing it. So anyway, he was, they had all these right wing, right wingers. Tommy Learn was in there again, um, basically praising this guy for loving Donald Trump. So it was. It's a pretty funny video. Crazy Iblis. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like he exists. Some uh, <laughs> Arab American voter in Oakland. Ugh, he came out for Trump, uh, and so they're thanking him. Yeah, no, it, it is funny. It's more along the lines of what Borat does: set people up. Exactly, uh, and it's it's one of those things where if you understand the language, like you know, obviously. Um, anybody that's Muslim knows who Iblis is because it's an Arabic, but anybody who's like uh, a sp- who can speak Arabic or, you know, similar Middle Eastern languages that have the same name. So, you know, it's it's a kind of like an insider baseball, but not really because there's so many of us. So it definitely is making the rounds. Well, you know what? The, the, the part of it that I like, I mean, there's so much of it that is, is funny. Uh, because these, most of the people that he sent it to are just uh, despicable human beings that deserved to be mocked. And uh, but uh, but the part is it, it, that underscores we're going to get into this. We talk about rappers for Trump. 
It's like they are all probably wealthy people. Yeah. But anything for a freaking buck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, I know. you know, I, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, send me thirty five dollars. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'm like, you, I, know, I, you guys are so cheap. Ben, I bet, if, I bet if you went on Cameo, people would hire you. So I think that you should do that as a side hustle during the pandemic. Uh, but, you know, uh, first of all, you compliment me. I don't know if anybody would pay, you know, for me to. Blagojevich is on there. Blah, blah. We discussed Blago a lot on this show uh, this week. Rob Blagojevich, Donald Trump's biggest fan in the state of Illinois, uh, perhaps second only nationwide uh, to Ice Cube and Lil Wayne. But we'll get into that in a little <laughs> while. Um, but no, I, I, uh, I have had friends who sent me, not to me literally, but they've shown like they've got baseball players like Andre Dawson, a friend of mine who's a Cubs fan got Andre Dawson. Uh, he used to play for the Cubs to do a happy birthday greeting to a Cubs fan. So I understand, I know the concept and, uh, but I, I, I don't know. I would think twice, you know, I would look and investigate, you know, but these guys are yeah. so cheap. They want someone. Oh, we're sure. Whatever you say, you know, <laughs> you really, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it is pretty funny. My sister, my niece actually got my sister, my younger sister. Do you remember Chris Hansen? He's due to catch a predator. Uh, no, I do not. Oh, this is a baby boomer moment. Go ahead. Help me out. Yeah, here. He was, he was basically this guy, um, on TV where he would, uh, kind of frame men who are looking, you know, usually men who thought they were talking to like, um, Oh yes. I did. Yes. They're actually cops. So he, mm-hmm. it was like for a while, like 10 years ago, everybody used to watch to catch a predator. So she sent one to him with like some inside jokes from the show. So that was like a funny, yeah. funny one inside joke for our family. Yeah, but, catch um, a predator. Didn't they catch someone famous once on catch a predator? It's well, I think he caught like a prosecutor and the prosecutor ended up killing himself. And I oh. think that's, I think that's when the show got off the air, but this was like maybe 10 years ago, but everybody from my generation and younger at that time used to watch it once in a while. Yeah, I vaguely remember. All right, uh, so let's get uh, this is this is a blast. I love this guy, Ali. Uh, m- much praise to you, young man. I mean, this is funny. He's a New York Times writer and he's a comedian, uh, and he had a good idea and he's running with it. God bless him. All right, uh, this is something that obsesses me. You know, I'm a fan of Kamala Harris. You tease me about it all. <laughs> I've been a fan of her since last summer, and. I sent you this article today. You said you weren't surprised by it, but um, I'm not surprised by it either. But there was an article where they just talk about all the fake stories that are Mm -hmm. being spread on the Internet uh, about Kamala Harris. They're not even vaguely true. Uh, And then they compare that to for Mike Pence and uh, for Tim Kaine from 2016. And there's just something about a woman running for office, Ramana, that hate that just pours out. Let's just talk about that a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. Number one, she's a woman. And number two, she's a woman of color who has a name that's not like Mary or Lisa. So obviously people are going to make insinuations about her not being an American, right? Those are a a lot of common things that we saw that were written about her in some articles. That's what the study said, I think. Um, I think women um, in general, yeah, they probably do get targeted, especially, I mean, on social media, I know for sure. Um, Remember when Donald Trump got coronavirus and there was, um, you couldn't basically on Twitter, you'd get suspended if you said that you wished he died after he got coronavirus. And Mm -hmm. all the members of the squad, I think one of them had tweeted, oh, I'm surprised. Why did this, um, 
why didn't anybody get, why doesn't anybody get suspended when they, you know, threaten us? You know, these are, you know, four women of color who are outspoken and, you know, talk, aren't afraid to say what they, what they're thinking. And so they said this happens to them all the time. So that, that was very poignant, I thought. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think people are just blatantly sexist. I mean, in 2016, I predicted that there's no way that Donald Trump would win the election against Hillary Clinton, because I thought, as, as in my humble opinion, I thought she was much more qualified to be the president of the United States. But, you know, there were definitely people out there who hated her so much mm -hmm. that they would rather have Donald Trump as president than her. And I, you know, do I think some people, you know, fairly don't like Hillary Clinton, have some fair criticism, of course, but there's definitely some people who didn't want to vote for him just for the fact that she was a woman. So there's a lot of sexism at play. And I think that's what we're seeing here too. Yeah, absolutely. And I also feel that there's some sexism similarly at play in the Kim Fox campaign. Kim Fox, of course, the incumbent Cook County State's attorney, uh, a Democrat. And suddenly uh, Pat O'Brien, uh, who is a former judge running as a Republican against her. Uh, it, well, I don't know if he's surging in the polls, but the Republicans think that uh, he can defeat Kim Fox. And I just I look at the like this kind of the reaction against Kim Fox. And I don't know if it's so much that she's a woman or a black woman in particular, but she's getting blamed for things she's got nothing to do with. There was looting in the loop downtown, and it's like Kim Fox is to be blamed for that. What the <laughs> huh? You, you know, I've never seen Mayor Daly get blamed. There was rioting during the Mayor Daly's years. I never, I never saw anybody blame Mayor Daly for the rioting. But you get a black woman as state's attorney who shows a little sympathy for uh, black defendants, and suddenly Romana, she's responsible for the riot. Help me out with that a little bit. Yeah, and you know, I can tell. You know, I've I've told people who who have you know said to me, "Oh, I heard she's letting the looters go," and that's completely not true because I edit a lot of stories. I have edited a lot of stories about people who have looted places. You know, there's been some, you know, mildly, uh, you know, I want to say, you know. Nobody, nothing about looting is funny. I don't want to say it is, but you know, there was like one guy who stole a $4,000 sweater and the judge was like, I'd never spend $4,000 on a sweater. So there's been some amusing stories about the looting that happened. So in, in bond court, so that's showing you that people who did get arrested for looting did get charged and they did go in front of a judge. I think there was a lot of rumors that were being spread that she's not charging looters. And that is completely false. I think anybody that was caught looting or, um, you know, was inciting violence or throwing things. I think those people did get arrested. What Kim Fox did do is that those people who were arrested, uh, especially during the uh, protest following the George Floyd killing, uh, she did let go people who were arrested for violating curfew. That's completely different than, you know, than violence and looting. So I don't know where those rumors got spread, but we've gotten, we've done a lot of stories on people, you know, like there were minor stories when they were in bond court and, you know, there's an interest, interesting angle because we were keeping tally of all the looters and she's, Kim Fox also put out a statement about how many people have been arrested for looting so far. So to say that she hasn't been, you know, prosecuting or her office hasn't been prosecuting these looters um, or these people charged with looting, I should say, because they're alleged looters is just, it's just, I don't know where people are getting from, but I guess, you know, if you want to spread a rumor, it can definitely spread like wildfire. And just to point out that how rumors do get spread, I mean, the second round of, uh, 
um, I guess, rioting or not rioting. I want to say the second round of protests or looting that we had followed because there was like rumors on Twitter about a young man being killed by cops and that didn't happen. And that's what, you know, that's what people Mm -hmm. said prompted people to go out and start looting and, you know, you know, calling for, you know, justice and all that stuff. So, you know, rumors can spread pretty quickly if you want, want them to spread. Yeah, no, absolutely. And people believe what they want to believe. Uh, And, uh, you know, I have this thing where I always tease my wife where she'll, she'll come and tell me she saw something. I go, did you see it on Facebook? Because if it's on Facebook, don't believe it. And she goes, I mean, you know, no, I was in the New York Times. All right, I can believe it. There, you know, it was the Sun Times. Okay, I believe it. Somebody, but uh, somebody, what if it was a post from the New York Times on Facebook? That well, that, too. yeah, it's it different. Depends okay. on the source. Yeah, it depends on the source. But but if it, you know, Billy Bob on Facebook said yeah. X Y Z, don't believe it. All right, just because Billy Bob says it. For uh, sure. It, and, you know, there's a lot of satire news sites as well. And they yes. look like real news organizations. And they're, they're, it's different than The Onion. They're just different organizations. They're not as well known. So you, sometimes you'll see people post those stories and then you have to tell the person, uh, actually, that was <laughs> uh, not real. You know, and, and they're yeah. really smart people. They just don't know that it's like a parody site. And um, it's kind of like the Donald Trump. Um, did you hear about the Donald Trump pro, uh, pro um, rally? attendants who got left in the cold this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there, was this, there was this one woman video that a woman made and people thought that she was actually real, but she was a comedian joking about being left out there and how much she loves Donald Trump. And there were some people who took it really seriously and they posted and they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's still doing, you know, <laughs> look at what she's saying. So, you know, some people do get duped on both, you know, on both sides. Yeah, it's easy to get duped uh, yeah. to a certain degree. We'll get into Borat in a little while. Uh, <laughs> that That's really stretching in terms of getting duped. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just a word, you know, like. If, if it's an absurd headline, utterly absurd, and you've never heard of the publication, most likely it's parody, ladies and gentlemen. Just uh, a little warning there. But, yeah, uh, Kim Fox haters are out there. Kamala haters are out there. Women of color who run for office. That's what you're going to generate. And let's just move right into the next one, AOC. Now, everybody knows I'm a big fan of AOC. I don't know what your position is on her, uh, Romana. She did the story. It was a Vanity Fair uh, she's always been very stylish. She's always had an eye for fashion. Uh, she's uh, never shied away from that. Uh, and uh, I've never held that against her. Um, just pretty much all the women in my life, as I told you, are really fashion conscious. And you wouldn't know it from looking at me. <laughs> I'm the schlub, but they get dressed up and they look great. And uh, I just don't understand the bias against lefty women who have a eye for fashion. Please help me on this one, Romana Hussein. Yeah, I mean, she okay, AOC was getting criticized by mostly people on the right because she appeared on Vanity Fair and she was wearing a $14,000 suit. Now, anybody who knows anything about magazine covers knows that actresses, celebrities, you know, politicians, they get dressed up on suits that are loaned to them. So it's really disingenuous for people to start criticizing her for wearing a nice suit. And if she's wearing a nice suit, you know, who cares? Like, I I feel like people think that you can't be a good person and like fashion or care about fashion. I mean, we've known that about her since day one. Like she's known for her trademark, like, red lipstick and and the, and everybody was asking her what she used and she it's not drugstore lipstick it's actually this 
It's a, a Stila. That's the name of the company. I know. I'm sure you know this, Ben. It's, I do not. It's a liquid <laughs> lipstick, and it's called uh, Bosa, like kiss in Spanish. So, like everybody, everybody, like if you Google it, you'll it'll come up because that's what the, the her favorite lipstick. But you know, she's into that stuff, and I, I I always find it weird that people think that you can't like fashion and still be a good politician and you know what a woman wears like whether it's like she doesn't want to dress up or wants to dress up that should never matter and you know people think that just because she's a socialist she shouldn't wear anything nice and that's ridiculous it's like what do people want socialists just to wear like a potato sack and just like <laughs> and, or like or they want people just to look like they rolled out of bed i mean there's definitely socialists who look like that okay i'll say that I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, but there are people who look like them. They think they need to look a certain way. And I don't think you have to, to necessarily, that's like saying like a feminist can't wear makeup. I mean, feminists aren't, don't just look a certain way. People look different and a lot of people are into different things. So, yeah, I mean, I just think it's ridiculous that, you know, she was criticized for that. No, and it's so funny because I'm I'm listening to you on this. That was a great riff, by the way. And I was just I got this huge smile on my face because I you were probably you, you may not have been thinking of me when you th- said that thing about socialists, but I am like the worst dresser. I have no sense of fashion. I have no sense of color. I've done stories about how I've gone out wearing a, my wife's belt, and I didn't even realize it was my wife's belt. And um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll send you that story sometime. It's pretty funny. Or the you know going out and my shirts inside out i've actually been at the bright one back in the days when you're in the studio one time i went to the bright one and i did a whole show with people coming into the studio my shirt was inside out the whole time no one said a word to me either they were just like you didn't want to embarrass me romana or they didn't notice i don't know which is worse um so i yeah i just but no one really seems to hold that again against me i just say figure ah, he's just some old like, guy because you're a male and you're a journalist like i i always feel like male journalists are allowed to be like sloppy and everybody thinks it's cute and i told my <laughs> husband and I, I, I i've told my husband mick i'm like it's not a good look and you know i know like male journalists they think they're like so cool like dressing bad <laughs> but I mean, i'm not saying you but i'm like it's not that cool i mean just make an effort and the funny thing is like i know we're talking about it like all the women in my family i mean look at me right now i'm like wearing my sweats and but we like to get dressed up and it's really funny because all the men in my family don't really care except my the younger kids like everybody from our generation like my mom even says that her son looks like he's homeless meaning my brother <laughs> and then she said and now i have you know she's talking about her two son-in-laws that she has she goes, they don't care much about fashion either i mean she goes oh she goes all three of them are like that but the younger generation they care like my nephew who's in college like he wears cologne and he takes care of his hair my brother my mom said that he looks homeless so it's just really funny by the way my uh second favorite part of the ben jarofsky show with romana hussein is when she throws her husband mcdumkey under a bus it's always <laughs> but my favorite part is when she throws gwyneth paltrow under a bus we haven't got yeah. to that in a while uh and, and you know mick is a fan of gwyneth paltrow too <laughs> that's a twofer it's yeah. a twofer under the bus by the way uh one more time i'll make dumkey will be joining me later today uh ramada this is just going to be a total geek fest oh with i know mark baser talking about bruce springsteen and his yeah. album and by yeah. the way bruce spring you know my husband probably doesn't know this but bruce springsteen wears de- designer clothes too even though he's like the working class guy <laughs> did, I did not know that. And by the way, he's got so much money and I give him credit. Now we're going to move to rappers for Trump. Yeah. I will give Bruce Springsteen credit. He has 
fabulous amounts of money. When Donnie Trump, uh, if Joey Biden gets elected and raises taxes, he will pay much more in taxes. And somehow or other, he has he has uh, resisted the effort to endorse Donald Trump. Uh, many wealthy rappers out there now are sending out these. It's funny. They, they take a step toward Trump. And then when they get feedback, they take a step back. It's like a dance. Step yeah. forward, step back. Uh, Ice Cube, uh, Lil Wayne, 50 Cent. Uh, your thoughts on rappers for Trump. Uh, and, and you forgot Kanye, although Kanye is more of a hip hop star, but um yeah, well, Kanye, uh, I Kanye. saw Kanye's interview on Joe Rogan. I don't know if you saw that, but I watched a little bit of it. Kanye's in a whole planet of his own right now. Um, so let's you know, leave. Uh, I'm quite not sure. To... See, I know I'm going on a tangent, but you see, did you see the hologram that he got for Kim for her birthday? No, I, okay. I didn't see I, that. You, did, you didn't? Or you no, didn't? I did not. Did not okay, see it. Well, just before. Really quick, he get, he got a hologram of her father, Robert Kardashian, talking to her. And at one point, he goes, you married the most genius, most, most, most genius man. He just goes, it was just funny. But anyway, yeah. on a tangent, um, I don't know. I'm not surprised um, by some of the rappers. I mean, I guess on one hand, I am because you look at someone like Ice Cube and, you know, in the 90s, he was all the rage, NWA, and just had this, like, passion for um justice and speaking out and then you look at someone and then you know like years down the line they're like saying stuff about trump and being supportive of trump it's a little jarring i think to a mm -hmm. lot of people but there's been a lot of chatter on twitter about um especially from i guess i should say black twitter a lot of african americans on twitter are weighing in on this and a lot of them are saying you know we're really not surprised um there's this one uh podcast i listened to on npr called cold switch and one of the hosts on there was just like now really are you really shocked that the wealthy rappers are supporting trump he goes name someone that you would be really shocked about at this point and you know people are kind of throwing their two cents in and then somebody is like well actually that guy's kind of sexist i wouldn't be surprised if he supports donald trump and somebody mentioned chuck d and then somebody said that oh you know his wife is a is a black studies professor she'd never let him do that and then people said you know Jay-Z, the only reason he's not saying anything is because <laughs> Beyonce would be embarrassed and won't let him do that. So, you know, it's kind of, it was, it was, there's been a lot of chatter about it. And uh, people are going back and forth. I think 50 Cent is back, 50 Cent is back to uh, saying that he's voting for Biden after Chelsea Handler talked to him, I that guess. That was so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I followed that one. It was like a tennis match. First 50 Cent said uh, he's going to vote for Trump. Then Chelsea Handler, his old girlfriend, uh, criticized him on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And then he said he wasn't going to vote for Trump. And I think he said F Trump uh, on uh, he tweeted out a tweet. And she said his thing was I loved it. His thing was he was at least he was honest. He wasn't like Ice Cube who came up with, you know, I like the platinum plan. Like he actually read the platinum plan. Um, but 50 Cent at least said, I don't like Joe. Joe is going to raise my taxes. I don't want to be 20 cent, which I thought was actually pretty funny. Yeah. So uh, Chelsea Handler went on the Jimmy Kimmel show and said, all right, I'll pay your taxes. Yeah. If you vote for Biden, it kind of embarrassed him, you know, so. Um, 
Yeah, I think the real reason is that they don't, they don't want to pay more money in taxes. I'm just yeah. throwing that out there. What do you think, Romano? That's, that, that's probably one of it. But I think I think the facts that um, I think uh, 50 Cent said that he was going to get taxed like 60 percent, which is not true. I think it was not what Joe Biden proposed. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, they probably would have to pay a little more taxes. But at this point, it's like whatever taxes they have to pay is probably Trump change. And if you're all about, you know, justice and these different things, I, I would think that they would think a little harder before they would, you know, run their mouths about who they're supporting. Not to say that I'm not telling them who to vote for. They can vote for whoever they want, but it's just interesting. And, you know, there's been a lot of, like I said, there's been a lot of talk and a lot of people weighing in on this. And yeah, some people probably are surprised, but at the same time, you know, People do change and money does change people. Yeah. I wish or, I wish I, I wish I had some so I could tell you, yeah, change me. Uh, I, I know. Maybe maybe money does I shouldn't say money does I think one time I heard somebody say money doesn't really change you. You always were that person, but it just brings out, you know, just the bad qualities that you had probably from before. Wow. That's a deep thing. Actually, uh, you're always that person. My, I listen, I already, uh, uh, went on a riff about this earlier before you came on the show, but my thing is I'm just shaking my head at MAGA, you know, um, uh, ice cubes, perhaps his most famous song. And I'm just going to say it cause we're allowed to swear. Fuck the police. That's the name of the song. And here you got MAGA extolling his virtues. And wow. At the same time, uh, calling anybody who is a Black Lives protester a thug, a looter, a rioter, you know, and they hate police, and we are always standing with police. But it's like they embrace Ice Cube, and it's just such freaking phonies. It's just yeah. like at some point, Ramana, it's the phoniness and the fraudulent of the Republican Party that really irritates me the most, you know? Yeah. It's like. All of a sudden, they're all rap. They're all rap fans too. Yeah, kind of. Fun, yeah, you know. But they won't. I swear to God, I watched his interview with Chris Wallace. They didn't mention "fuck the police." Like, oh, that's that interesting? You didn't mention that, huh? That's do they funny. Know, do, they, do they know any of the songs? I bet they never watched any movie that he was in either. Well, all you have to do is Google him. You know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? And you'll yeah. see that song. And believe me, if he had come out for Biden. Oh my God, they would be playing that song. They'd be talking about that song. You know what I mean? And like, how, look, that's who Joe Biden, you know, guess who supports yeah. Joe Biden. So what a bunch of frauds. All right. Um, you, you mentioned uh, you're not saying who to vote for. And everybody knows Romana's very old school journalism in this way. She doesn't say who she's going to vote for. Uh, and I respect that. Okay. Tease you and Mick about that, but I respect that. Um, <laughs> even Maya. Maya from the reader, my dear friend, as radical as they come, well, Ben, I will not going to tell you who I'm going to vote for. It's old school. Okay. I respect that. Even a millennial is old school. But I do want to know how do you decide? Give, you're a former criminal justice reporter for years. You covered the courthouse, uh, the criminal justice courthouse here in Chicago. How do you decide? Give some tips to voters out there about how to decide who to vote for in the judicial, the judge races. Go ahead. That's always kind of confusing, I think, for a lot of people because, you know, I, I try to think back before I was a criminal court reporter, or even before I was a reporter, like how did I make the decision about who to retain and who not to? I bet I just hit yes, like a lot of people do. But you know, the last couple of years, especially as an you know as an older adult, I try to do my research beforehand. Um, one of the trickier things for me is um, 
is that I do look at a lot of the, um, you know, the cheat sheets that people have, you know, newspapers sometimes have like, you know, who to retain, who not to retain. Um, Injustice Watch, that's one that a lot of my friends are using. And I did use that as a guide when I was voting. I did early vote this week. Um, it's, it's a little more complicated for me than it is for other people. And the Injustice Watch thing has like, you know, past controversies for certain people. And then it has all the ratings for the different bar associations. And then like, you'll have like, if they were a prosecutor or a former defense attorney, and then the past controversies, some of them, um, for me, I guess I, because I covered the cases, I don't think they're, they're necessarily that controversial. Like there was one case involving a man who was wrongfully convicted. He was beaten by um, Burge underlings, but I wasn't necessarily convinced of his innocence. Um, it was a brutal rape inside his house. Um, he was claiming that he was sleeping the whole time, but this woman was uh, gang raped um, by several men and he was accused of raping and killing this woman. And I understood why the judge didn't give him a certificate um, of innocence. So I kind of understood that. So I feel like in a lot of these cases, I'm if they're a criminal course judge, I am at advantage. If I don't know who they are, I do try to rely on what, um, you know, these groups like Injustice Watch say. Like, do they, you know, what are the bar associations saying about them? I do have, I do have to admit that I have a friend who's a, who was on up for retention, who's a judge for my high school. I won't say her name, but I, I did. That was the easy one for me. I said <laughs> yes to her. So yeah. like, you know, I'm biased on that one. If she, if she had some major problems, I probably would have said no, but she didn't. And um, I'm friends with her. So <laughs> that was an easy one. But yeah, in general, I do try to be thoughtful about it. And I try to, I try to look and, you know, if I do know the name, I try to think about it. There's definitely some names on there who have been, um, there have been recommendations not to, you know, reinstate them. So I, I looked at some of some of the stuff that's been written about them and then I make my decisions that way. But there were a couple of people that uh, a couple of judges I did vote for not to retain. I, I want to say, I mean, I, I, I took a I probably took a longer time than most people do at, at the um, polling station just because I was looking at each single judge. Well, you're a very conscientious voter, uh, but the bottom line is you get a cheat sheet and uh, you go with your gut uh, based on the cheat sheet. Exactly. The chips fall where they may. Uh, and I know a lot of people just don't even bother. You know, it's yeah. a pandemic. If it's, if they're in a the voting, I mean, I'm, I'll be voting Tuesday at the, there's a bar in my neighborhood and that's where the, um, the polling place is. And I got a feeling Romana, I get those judges. I'm like, you know, I'm getting out of here. I can't risk this COVID. Yeah. I, I got, you know, I want to do the right thing. But, um, you know, I have to say this is my first time I actually did early voting. Oh, I, I always vote on election day too myself. Why did you change your mind this time? Well, I, my husband says, he goes, he, Mick was, was saying that he wasn't sure what was going to happen on election day just to be safe. Um, so I always say that he made me do it, but he didn't make me, I mean, he was just like, let's go vote this week. So I'm like, okay, don't you want, I, I'm like, don't you want to vote on election day? Cause we've always vote. I've always voted on election day. And ever since we got married, I voted every time we voted, I voted on election day, but this is the first time. So we went on Tuesday, we walked over during our lunch and I voted. Was it so at a park? I say that he made me do it. At the park district? Was that it where it was? Actually, it was at a school. It was at a school. Okay. Uh, all right. Now let's close the show, as we always do, with your recommendations. Uh, so much to talk about. I have uh, I have a lot of recommendations for you, but uh, what's your uh, recommendation? Romana's recommendation. I, I do want to see City So Real on Hulu. Uh, that's Steve James's. It's a Steve James production, correct? 
That is correct. Steve um, James, the director. I do want to see it. I was telling you earlier, I have mixed feelings about watching it. I do want to watch it, but it's like, God, I, you know, it's like stuff that, you know, it's regurgitated stuff. I know not in, not in a bad way, regurgitated in the sense that this is my life. And, you know, a lot of the news stories um, I'll understand, you know, I'll know about, but I still want to see, I, you know, he's a great he makes great films. So I do want to see it. And I heard there's a lot of people and yourself included that I will recognize my friends. And so it'll be fun seeing that. So I do want to see it. I don't know if I'm going to see it exactly today, but um, probably within the next few days. And I did see Borat as you told me to watch. (laughs) And uh, I actually liked it better than the second one, but better than the first one, the better than the first one. Sorry. This was the second one. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, you know, it was definitely over the top and crude, um, and it's supposed to be crude, but it did get to the heart of a lot of things. And it, that made me depressed (laughs) just watching some of the, some of the interactions. Um, sorry about that. I just got a phone call in the middle. Some of the interactions and, uh, just some things that people said and just watching the people in the rally that they, that Borat had infiltrated, it was just mind boggling a little and just made me sad. Yeah, it, it can get depressing when you look uh, when the, at the rally. Uh, by the way, I did a whole show with Sergio Mims. Check that one out. We take the deep dive on Borat. And I got another one with Susan Klonsky uh, coming up this weekend. We take the deep dive with Chicago 7 and a little uh, on Borat. But uh, Borat, you know, when, that, when there's that rally and he gets up there in a country western uh, uh, costume and starts singing these really offensive uh, yeah. lyrics about killing journalists and the crowd is singing along, it it, it, it is a little depressing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, it just it just speaks to the way, um, you know, Americans have always prided themselves on being so different than everybody. And I think, you know, part of the part of his like genius is that he's showing that he's from this like central uh you know central europe country kazakhstan which is actually a real country and it's uh you know this is probably just something that he probably you know it's a majority muslim country and you know of course he shows that he's all backwards and and but but then when he puts you know the camera on these americans they're not much different than you know the character he's playing so it's 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 actually really really depressing i don't know i found it more depressing than the first one uh, now, what do you think of the Giuliani scene? Oh, I, 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 I don't think he was fixing. I mean, as a journalist, I, I am going to put my opinion here. I don't think he was fixing his mic. I don't think he was taking off his mic. I've never seen anybody take off their mic like that. No. And I know, you, I know, you told me that you know, the girl was kind of flirting with him, but I didn't really see. I mean, she was just like, she was kind of playing like an airhead reporter, right? But um, I, I just don't know how he went from zero to a hundred. I, well, because within, he's within, uh, cut from the same cloth as uh, Donnie Trump. That's why. Within like 20 seconds, I'm th- I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, if I was being interviewed by a young, like a 20-year-old male journalist, and even if he was hitting on me, I wouldn't just suddenly jump on a bed and start like laying down. You know what I mean? No. It's, just weird. it's just weird. So I don't find that excuse that he was... Um, that he was fixing his microphone. I just don't believe that his hands seemed to be going down his pants. Yes. His hands were clearly going down his pants and there's that microphone excuse is the most bogus excuse I've ever heard. Or it's, untucking a shirt. I guess. You yeah. Untucking your shirt. Whatever the excuse was, it was straight out of the MAGA playbook. You, you have to be willfully ignorant 
to believe it. And that is a fact. I even MAGA hat wearers, when they're around, only MAGA, other MAGA hat wearers in the room, no liberals around, they will concede, oh, hell yeah, he's a pervert. But, you know, when a, when a, when a liberal comes around, oh, no, he was just taking his shirt out. Come on. Uh, I, I urge everybody to check out Borat, too. Yeah, just for the Giuliani scene alone. All right, I got to tell you, uh, I've been urging you to watch Pose forever. I know that's at your list, but I just finished Call My Agent. It's a French TV show. I've talked about it briefly. I love that one so much. Romana, it's got your name written all over it. I'm not sure your husband will like it, uh, but it's got your name written all over it. It's funny. It's wise. It's farce. Uh, it gets into the celebrity culture. It's about a fictitious um, agency in uh, in Paris that represents movie stars. And I just loved it. And when it was done, this is I, when it was over, we my wife and I started watching a Schitt's Creek, the final episode. Oh, okay. And it was so- like, well, we'd seen the first four years. And but the point is, is like we just stop and go call. My agent was so good. Schitt's Creek in comparison is so bad. I'm not <laughs> watching it. And that's it. I, I was just we couldn't watch it anymore. How many so. seasons was it? Call My Agent has three seasons on Netflix. There's a fourth season, the final season. It hasn't oh. dropped in America yet. Oh, that's not, uh, that's but not that my, many seasons. How long is, are the no. episodes? It's, each episode is about an hour, and there's six okay. episodes a year. Uh, so there's 18. I just did the math. Uh, okay. And my only war, word of warning, it's in French with English subtitles, and they talk fast, so you got to really concentrate. But I, it was, man... I loved it. So uh, call like my sub- agent. I like subtitles. So um, no, this- there's no problems with there. I like foreign films if they're done really well. So that does not bother me. I and speaking of reading, like even though you don't, I, mean, I haven't taken your pose recommendation um, yet. I you give me homework. I have cast right now. So I'm reading okay. cast. I'm 100 pages into it. And so far. Uh, so far, I like it. I am curious to know what um, downtown uh, designer store yes. the reporter went to, where she was mistreated, where they thought that the the guy was just so shocked that she was. There was a black woman telling him that she's a t- reporter from the New York Times. He just wouldn't believe her, and he left. And that's happened to me before too. So I just think it's very interesting. I wish she. I wish I know she said that re- she's like didn't feel like revealing the name of this. The store because there's no point this is the way america is but i still feel like i want to know uh isabel wilkerson is her name she's a journalist uh she was story for the new york times uh, based here in chicago uh, the book is called cast c-a-s-t-e it is i just think it's the book of the year uh so i urge everybody to check that book out i'm glad romana you're getting an opportunity to read it uh i want you to stay safe and sound this weekend i will be voting tuesday we've decided i think i mentioned this briefly to you that uh, we're going to do an election night show i just kind of want to go with it and see where we end up and uh if it's a depressing night see where that takes us if it's an uplifting night see where that takes us so uh be warned you may get a phone call uh only call you if it's a happy night i don't want (laughs) to call you if it's a depressing night at least from my point of view so be warned you might get a call oh okay i'll be working election night so that's fine i'm gonna order some uh pizza and i'll be eating it while i'm working so 
You'll be editing I, stories. Yes, I will try. I'll be trying to have somewhat fun while I'm doing that. So, all right, we'll be on the uh, lookout. I may be calling you and your husband uh, on election night. We have all like uh, all the people that come on our show on a regular basis. I'm warning them. You could be getting a call. Candace Castillo, Jeanette Taylor, uh, Troy Laravier, uh, Monroe Anderson, Sergio Mims. All the regulars are on. Uh, have been warned. Expect a call. It's uh, Samina. Mustafa, a mutual friend, expect a call. So they're all on warning. Uh, so anyway, Ramada, uh, stay safe and sound. We'll talk to you next week, all right? See you guys later. Bye. All right, that's great. Ramon Hussein every Friday in the Ben Jurassic Show. What you got for me, D, before we head out the door? Uh, before we go, we're going to play some uh, voicemails that we got recently. Okay. Uh, but before we do that, hey, more about that uh, election show we're going to do. Yes, Tuesday night, election night, starting at 8 a.m., Ben, myself, Maya Dukmasova, the Chicago Reader, and hopefully all those people Ben was talking about will be joining us for an election night show. We're going to live stream it, and we hope everybody on the live stream chat will join us. If you download the show, uh, it's going to be at 8 at night. So I don't know, maybe you got nothing going on around that time, and maybe you can join us for the live stream show. If not, don't worry. We'll have it available at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. So we got Maya on board. Uh, we just yeah. talked to Ramana. It sounds like she's on board. Uh, what else are we thinking here for this? Uh, Adolfo. We got to get somebody who drop the F bomb. Oh, yeah. well, so we'll reach out to Adolfo. And speaking of, by the way, just so you know, I'm counting here. You're up to about seven F bombs today, pal. All hey, right? Come on, man. That was the name of the song. What do you want me to do? It's the name of the song. Look, MAGA, don't complain to me. I, and I, by the way, Phyllis has called four times. She says I'm unfair to Ice Cube. And be nice to Ice Cube, okay? And he's a nice young man, is what Phyllis told me. So, you know, I just love that MAGA is coming to appreciate Ice Cube. But, D, that's the song he wrote. I'm just helping MAGA out a little bit, okay? That's the song the guy wrote. What do you want from me? There you go. That's how, the song. that's how we keep a podcast going. There we go. We're helping MAGA out a little bit. That's how we do it. <laughs> that's how we get that funding. <laughs> Yeah, that funding, which is just pouring in right now. Hold on, let me open up the window so the funding comes in. Because nothing like lefties to support other lefties. Uh, Ben, the times are hard. I'm a little broke right now. But we suggest you join us, all right? Uh, We got this live stream Google Meet thing down pretty well here, all right? So I think it's going to go okay. We're going to start at 8 o'clock. We're going to see how everything goes. Uh, you know, maybe end at 11 o'clock. I don't know. We haven't really uh, figured out a time to end it. I guess we're going to kind of play it by ear, right? Yeah, we're going to be playing it by ear. And if it's the news is bad, we'll be playing it by uh, bottles of liquor, too. <laughs> you know, I think this show would be a funny one to listen to after the fact. You know what I'm saying? The, you know what I mean? Like, it will be an artifact of what was it like on election night and uh, what <laughs> – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I really want Donald Trump to lose. Uh, and, uh, you know, I didn't say I really want Joe Biden to win. OK, I was a Bernie supporter, but I'm going to vote for Joey B. All right. But I really want Donald Trump to lose. And um, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how I respond <laughs> in the moment. 
And I thought the idea, I was kind of nervous about it. Well, you know, what should I do this? Should I expose myself this way? And eh, whatever. It's eh, whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. Eh, let whatever. the chips fall. And it was just, you and I talked about it the other day. Ah, let's do it. What the hell? Yeah, so, so. it's going to be at 8 o'clock uh, election night. Uh, we're going to go through results. Hopefully, uh, we have someone who's good at looking <laughs> at those. If uh, all else fails, our live stream viewers can really help us out by, uh, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> we're relying on you guys. Because look, Lord knows my crew. Look, I'm having trouble with my internet here. I... <laughs> so, hey, who knows what's going to happen, but it's going to be a good time. Join us on the live stream chat. Eight o'clock. We're going to do a normal Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, one to three. Drop that. No uh, part two of the show because we're going to record the live stream chat. Uh, and join us, won't you? It should be a good time. You were just talking about uh, Donald Trump. Ben, the live stream chat right now, someone named President Trump is on the live stream <laughs> chat. He's a huge. I love Ben Jarosky. I love Dr. D. And, you know, I got to say, this is uh, good trolling. I, you know, I got to uh, applaud good trolling when I see it. Uh, this is President Trump. And the picture looks like, oh, it looks like John Lovitz or something. I don't know. It says here, uh, hey, everyone, just want to do some last minute stumping. A vote for me is a vote for awesome. Uh, we got more. We got more from President Trump on the live stream chat. Uh, it says here, gold watches for anyone who votes Trump. Go me. <laughs> we got more. Uh, best night ever. Okay. Uh, and then we got President Trump now with the actual President Trump picture. Uh, most ratings in TV history. Guys, this is awesome. Uh, President Trump, big listener. Oh, then then it says here, that's President Trump. Hey, Ben, can I count on your vote? (laughs) Nope. Sorry, President (laughs) Trump. Uh, You know, I like to get along with everyone, but negatory, as my good friend Norm likes to say, negatory. How cool. All right. So there's that. All right. Let's uh, end it out with some voicemails here. We had people reach out to us. Uh, You can do the same, guys. 708-658-4788. That number again. (laughs) 708-658-4788. Earlier this week, I know we got some calls. No voicemails. Guys, we're not going to answer it. All right. Just leave a voicemail and we'll play your voicemail on the show. Uh, Doogie, our good friend Doogie, he's always on the live stream chat. Uh, on occasion, he'll leave us a voicemail. He'll do his random thought of the day. That's what this is here. So let's hear from Doogie and his random thought of the day. Good morning. Random thought of the day. The fake president has done such a good job doing what he's doing is that no one is going to take a vaccine for a hoax. There you go. That was Doogie. (laughs) By the way, speaking of vaccines, oh boy, Joey Rogan, really? With Alex Jones. Oh my God. Oh, you watched that, huh? Joey, Joey, yeah. Well, you know, I, I didn't watch... Uh, I, I didn't, um, all right, moment of confessions. I cannot tell a lie, D, all right? I did not watch uh, the whole interview. I just watched uh, clips about, of the exchange and where, uh, where Alex Jones was kept doing that uh, sober October thing where, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, no, Joe so, Rogan's doing sober October where he doesn't uh, drink or smoke weed for a whole yeah. month. And then he had Alex Jones on uh, during Sober October, and you can just tell he's just getting irritated every minute with Alex Jones. Yeah, no. uh, 
Yeah, Joe Rogan's got a big decision to make. You know, he's got he's taking that uh, uh, Spotify money, a hundred million or whatever it is. He's, uh, uh, you know, and you bring Alex Jones on. You can't just let. It's just not like you can't let just Alex just say whatever he's got to say. You got to kind of confront him with some of the more absurd things he says. Uh, I prefer it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the documents. Let me tell you about this Chinese virus, Joe. Joe, you need to start smoking weed, man. Come on. You're irritable. Come on, man. Oh, I'll eat my neighbor's ass. I I was just about to say I much prefer uh, Dr. D's version of Alex Jones than the real thing. That's pretty good, man. You do a great Alex Jones. All right. President Trump still weighing in on the live stream chat. Uh, We got more voicemails here. One more. Uh, This comes from our good friend, Jim. Uh, Jim, he was uh, around during the WCPT 820 AM days, the radio days. And uh, he joined us uh, when we would do live broadcasts. And uh, he finally found the podcast. And we can't thank him enough. So glad you found us, Jim. Thank you for listening. And uh, he reaches out to us quite a bit. He's on the live stream chat. And he also sent us an email and a voicemail. All right. A twofer here from Jim. Now, Jim, he's actually uh, working for the Biden-Harris campaign. And I guess he's doing some work in Michigan. Uh, he's been uh, sending us updates on his trip. Uh, his latest email says, Ben and Dennis, just a short note here from the trip for Biden-Harris campaign. As you can see from the photo, he sent us a photo, uh, the state capitol building in Lansing, Michigan, is currently under construction. So that's a good thing to keep those domestic terrorists out of there. So that was from Jim. Uh, Then he says they won't be able to go after Governor Whitmer or any state legislators. I left you guys a brief voicemail as well. Jim, you're awesome. Thank you so much. So let's get to Jim's voicemail here. Uh, You could do the same, guys. 708-658-4788. Wait, hold on. Here we go. All right. Here we go, Jim. Yeah, Ben and Dennis, this is Jim calling um, regarding uh, the trip up in Michigan for this week again uh, for the home stretch for the campaign. Just a side note here, up by the state capitol in Lansing, it's, uh, we haven't seen any gun, gun, you know, gun-toting domestic terrorists hanging around trying to threaten Governor Whitmer. Uh, in fact, the state capitol building looks like it's under construction. Uh, there's fence around and uh, scaffolding and construction trailers and backhoes and all that. So it's, it's keeping all them rascals at bay, apparently. So that's good news. But, uh, you know, it's the home stretch and uh, go Biden, get Trump out of the White House. All right, guys, take care. Uh, that's a little bit of encouraging news from Michigan. Uh, thank you very much, Jim. And we had uh, Miles Conflason on the show yesterday, and he was a little uh, less optimistic about Michigan. Very disturbing, uh, Jim. The uh, you you alluded to the militiamen who showed up in Lansing uh, for. Um, Operation Gridlock, and when it first happened, we we made fun of them. Remember, D back it was March or April. I can't mm-hmm. remember. I'm losing track. Uh, and you know, you you were funny. Dennis pointed out. He goes, "Well, I I was willing. I was listening with an open mind, and they brought out the Confederate flag and the rifles." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, cross <laughs> you know, the line, the guys. You always <laughs> yeah. do that." Oh, that's yeah. an interesting point. Okay, who brought the gun? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but then they just went 
kept going and going and going. And the plot, uh, which was thwarted to uh, kidnap uh, Governor Whitmer, very frightening. Uh, and Miles was saying he thinks Michigan is a lot closer than the polls show. So, um, Jim, thank you for uh, doing that phone work and uh, trying to get the vote out in Michigan. I believe that even if Michigan goes for Trump, that uh, Biden can win electoral college because there's other states uh, that I think will flip the other way. So, uh, but it's it's a lot closer, according to Miles, than I uh, wanted to uh, believe. Because, man, I know a lot of people from Michigan. My good friend Mick Dunkey's from Michigan. That's hard to believe that the state of Michigan could fall for Trump a second time. So we shall see. We shall see. All right, Jim. Yeah, thanks so much uh, for calling and leaving the voicemail and for the update. Guys, be like Jim. Call us, 708-658-4788. Leave us a voicemail. Be like Pat Rod, Joan, Allen, Stephen, and more. Send us an email, Show at gmail.com. And seriously, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, we're doing an election night special. Uh, you should join us on the live stream chat. Let's get some of these downloaders to uh, listen at the nighttime. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about it more and more. And uh, as we get more guests, we'll keep you updated. All right. Very good. Uh, looking forward to that. I want to thank Romana Hussein, the pride and joy of the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, Romana, run down every Friday the Ben Jarowski Show. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, does the best Alex Jones imitation of anybody I know. And as Alex Jones and Joe Rogan will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. Illinois is a state with a grand history of... Greetings, Illinois. Greetings, Illinois. Illinois is a state with a grand history of profound impact on our nation and our world. Greetings, Illinois. Greetings, Illinois. Illinois is a state with a grand history of profound impact on our nation and our world. We've sent four transformative Greetings, presidents Illinois. to the White House. We were the Greetings, first state Illinois. to ratify two Greetings. of the most important Greetings. amendments to the Greetings, U.S. Constitution. Illinois.